Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, Eric, I blame you. <laughs> yeah, it's my, it is my fault. Things have been a little a little hectic for me, and we've missed a couple weeks. Oh, you didn't even ask me what I was blaming you for. Oh, I just assume. I get, I'm a pastor. I get blamed a lot, <laughs> so I just, I just I roll with it. So I was actually blaming you for the weather outside. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. If I could change the weather, it definitely wouldn't look like this. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually I'm kidding. I was actually blaming you for the hiatus. <laughs> Were you okay? I figured so. I uh, but the weather is. I know even on Sunday, I, I kept telling people like I'm done complaining about it, and then I complained about it after yeah. I said that. So well, I I'm decided I don't want to pay the high uh, heat bill anymore, so I've kept the heat off in my office it's pretty chilly in here this morning it's brisk it, it's brisk but i like it it get keep gets you going feels like we're at hunting camp or it, something like that it actually does and especially with the coffee i'm like all i need is some really greasy eggs or something yeah. so that always seems to be part of it for me so and, and then like the weird uncle or something mm-hmm. like that <laughs> absolutely there's got to be someone who hasn't showered enough <laughs> yeah. that is that's a big part of it so we don't have that you smell very nice this okay. morning so but uh, no, we are. I'm. I'm excited to be back. We had the one week where we got like a foot of snow after it was 85 degrees and sunny the day before. And I think we even we talked about it the day before, and we we're like, we should still be able to go. And then the next morning, we looked out the window, and school like, was canceled, eh, and it was good. just yeah. It was one of those where it was like yeah. I spent like hours snow blowing that, that morning. day. Was miserable for me. Yeah, I, I decided to not move any snow because I already had raked all of our gravel back into our driveway. So I'm like, I'm not plowing anything, Yep. but we had a drift that was waist high right up against the garage door. And then it, at the end of the day, so I, I didn't move anything, but I worked from home. So that was fine all day. Mm-hmm. We just kind of trudged through it and dealt with it. But then at the end of the day, I had to take Timothy down to the neighbors to do chores. Oh, yeah. And so I had to, like, gun the truck to get it out of the garage. That was fine. But then coming home, I got my truck in four-wheel drive stuck because the snow was higher than the bottom of the truck. Man. So then I had to get our other vehicle out just to pull the truck out. So I got that unstuck. But then trying to jockey it back into the garage, I had to gun it again. And I slid sideways and tore the mirror off the truck. Oh, no. I didn't even know that happened. <laughs> I was so miserably grumpy by that time. Oh, I believe it. I would I would have been super grumpy. I was grumpy anyways, and I didn't even have that happen. I was yeah. just grumpy that there was snow on the ground. So it's a good, like, I've, I've been really visualizing it just as a good test and just patience and timing and just like, it's like summer's going to come. Or even spring. I guess we gotta have spring first, but like, it is going to get here, and and it's just like, all right, it's just not here yet. So I gotta just be patient and 
Well, Timothy had three weeks of canceled baseball games before his first game, and then it, and then finally last Tuesday was his first game, and we we're like finally. And then by like the third inning, I was like, maybe we should have waited for another week. <laughs> maybe we should have canceled this I one am too. Frozen. It's it's wild. This has been such a weird, just been such a weird spring in general. I can never remember a spring being like this where we had like a solid week of like middle of summer, like 85 and sunny and then just back to winter. Yeah. It's like not even like a slow transition. No, like we haven't even had like any stretch of like sunny and like 55. Like that has been non-existent. It it went right to 80 and then right back to 40. It was like a proverbial punch to the face. It was. (laughs) Well, and that's a, it's the first time in my life that I got sunburned the day before I snowblowed at the same place. Like in my own yard, I got sunburned and then I snowblowed the next day. I was like, that's a, that's a first. I've, that's, yeah. I've never done that before. So, but I think I, it's a good test for me to work through. I, I find that I just, I do get affected by the weather a lot when it's like dreary I just get melancholy and I, and I don't like that. I wish I wasn't, but it's just one of those where it's like, this is a good practice for me to like, just rise above even just the emotions of things and just be like, Hey, all right, that's, I I might not be super into the weather today, but I can still work through this mentally and spiritually and get to a good place where I'm not grumpy for the rest of the day. It takes work, but I know I can do it, so it's good practice for me. Yeah. I'm kind of like my human nature comes through (laughs) with my view of weather. Like I – if you ask me, I love the seasons. I love change. I I get bored with things, Mm -hmm. and so I love the change, and so I like every season, but – I also end up hating every season when I get sick of it. Yeah. Which, like, I don't like that about me. I don't know why I'm like that. But it is very, like, I feel, like, almost hypocritical because I say, oh, I love, you know, it's like that December 10th snowfall. I'm like, I love winter. This is awesome. It's beautiful. And then I'm cursing the same season a couple months later. Yeah. Well, I think, but there's that weather that's, like, it's not... There's no good part of it. It's like yeah. it's it's cold, but it's soggy at the same time. And there's no sun, but it's still humid somehow. And yeah. it's just like, wow, this is like the worst of everything. I mean, I guess the good news is, and I'm trying to teach myself to see, there's no mosquitoes. So that's good. Yeah. We don't have that yet. If there were mosquitoes, then I'd be really upset. Although I wouldn't really... How many really other things in life, though, do we treat the same way? Like we... We love it until we don't. So yep. like, or we want it until we don't. So yeah. it could be like, I love my job. Right. Two days later, I hate my job. Yes. It could be, I love my kids. My kids are driving me nuts. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I think uh, it's, you know, it goes hobbies. To, yeah. How many things start out? I love this thing, and all of a sudden you, you know, despise it because it's you know, taking time for me, it's, it's our farm. It's what I always wanted. And my wife is quick to remind me of that every time I complain about it. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's this overall, and this is why I always, for myself personally, what I have to keep teaching myself 
is the, the biblical teaching on um, seasons, that there are seasons in life and that's, and, and that, because my problem is I always want to set up life in such a way that this is the right uh, routine, this is the right schedule, these are the right hobbies for the rest of my life. And I get it set up and then it's like, now I got, I got the setup, I've got the plan and, and this is going to be great for the rest of my life. And that's just not how life works. There's a season where it's like, Hey, this certain hobby or this certain whatever works, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. Cause I think that's where it is. We were made for like new challenges. Mm -hmm. We were made for new things. And that is why the seasons change. I feel like God is showing us that like life shouldn't always look exactly the same. There should be changes. There should be new challenges. There should be things that excite you and kind of scare you as you go through life. And I know that's one of my biggest corrections in my head is to stop trying to set up that perfect life that's going to just be perfect forever and find that perfect routine and all of that and just be like, okay, so for right now, what, what really do I need to do and where should my time go for right now? Um, and understand that in six months, that could very well completely change. And that's okay. That's how life should kind of look. Right. Um, but for me, that's if, just with my personality, that's just hard because I'm always trying to find that system that can be consistent and just keep going. Um, but that's the more I read the Bible, the more I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not how life was set up to be. There's yeah. there's seasons. Yeah. And I guess that I can empathize with that. Like I, I think I've said on this podcast before that I have like a very Norman Rockwell way of looking at life. And it's like what you see in that Norman Rockwell image, if that's what you uh, strive toward or that's what you want in your life, the reality is, is that that image is always there, but the the fact is, is life isn't always exactly so. Like, if you were to bring that image to life, what happened before and after that? Yes. <laughs> and so, there's like a lot more to life than what's caught in that like perfect Norman Rockwell esque moment. Yes. Well, and a lot of it is just who who's in your life. I mean, I think that's one of the painful parts of life for a lot of people is relationships come and go and that's and and some of that is like good and godly where it's like someone who you're really close with they might move or or something happens and so life is going to change depending on even who you're spending time with if you have a bunch of really close friends that all do something there's going to be a season where you should put a lot of time into that because that builds connections and you have joy and fun but if those people move on and move out of your life it probably isn't going to make sense for you to still keep trying to chase that thing that yeah. you don't have those friendships to do and open yourself up to what new friendships might provide. And I think that's where I struggle is I, I really would love it to be like, all right, every Monday I wake up at five and I, I do this till six and I, and just be like, oh, now I'm just going to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but that just simply, I don't think is God's design for us. Well, and, so on the other side, you do have some things, you know, so you talked about relationships that come and go, mm -hmm. but there are some relationships. If we just want to continue using yeah. relationships as an example, like there are some that are there all the time yep. and that adds a whole other difficult dynamic because you, not, 
never get a break from each other, never get right. away from each other. And this could be a spouse or a coworker or yep. someone in church or a family member. Um, and so there's that difficult dynamic. So those relationships don't come and go, but they ebb and flow. Yes. And I think it's the same thing. So like if you and your wife, go through a couple days of just not clicking, not communicating well, or you and someone in the church, and you could easily become dismayed by that. Yep. And, like, this is not meeting the image of what I thought this relationship would look like. Yep. But the reality is, is they ebb and flow, and there actually needs to be space for that. Oh, absolutely. And I think just space for kind of what we've been talking about this whole time is for changes to happen. Cause like I think back, I mean, I've been married to my wife for 12 years and there, I mean, there's been seasons where how we spent time and how we connected was like amazing for that season. But if we tried to like recreate that right now, it's like, no, that's not where we're at. We have to be willing to constantly be looking at it and being like, is there a new way we should be connecting? Is there a new, I mean, there was a time in our life where we were so poor that grocery shopping was our date night. Mm -hmm. And we went to Costco and they had the huge hot dogs for a dollar. And it was like, that was our date night. And for that season, it was special and we loved it. But as, as we grew, there were new ways that we could connect and there was new hobbies we could do and if we would have been like nope that's how we connect that's for the rest of our life I think it would have really thwarted our relationship so I think just even that willingness to be like is there a new thing for this season and to to know that that's not a failure to be like okay whatever that was that was beautiful for that season but we need to be open and willing for something new to come. Because like you said, it's always we like things at the beginning of the seasons, but as they drag on, it's like, okay, that's enough snow now. And I think even in our relationships, we have to be willing to be like, hey, how we connected was great for that season, but it's feeling a little old and stale. You know, is there something new? And I think even in our hobbies or how we even connect with God, that's why even in my prayer and Bible reading, I try to each year approach it a little bit differently yeah. because it just forces there to be some kind of freshness to it. And I know at least for me, that's a resistance because I'm such a routine person. I want to just stick with yeah. what works. But a lot of times that has led me to like putting a bunch of energy into something that doesn't satisfy just because at one time in my life it yeah. did, you know, that's a, really good that's good insight and i think it's tracking with as you were saying that i was trying to back calculate how we got on this conversation <laughs> but i think i think it makes a pretty good segue into what we've been talking about at church which is reading the bible yep. and this morning i decided in in my office here for the last year i've had a bible there's a stack of books sitting here and one is a, a daily Bible, mm -hmm. which basically breaks up the entire Bible in the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, yep. and New Testament reading every day. Yep. And if you read through it every day of the year, you'll have read the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. I've done it a couple... I've read through the entire Bible a couple different ways mm -hmm. in my life, and that is one of them. Um, 
but I haven't done that for a couple of years now. Um, the last few years I've just been, I kind of have a combination of things that I do in the morning. I, the first thing I do just because it's the easiest thing for me to do when I sit down with a cup of coffee is I open my Version app and just read the verse of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I switch from that over to this uh, devotion that I get in my email from Oswald Chambers, which I just always really appreciate the insight of a previous generation. Uh, and then I'll be reading through a book of the Bible and I'll open the Bible and read that. But I realized, and, and I've had this realization numerous times in my personal walk, but there's times where I'll be like, I've been doing this for three months and haven't even thought about it. Like it's, it's about like blinking, which I'm okay with. I think it's okay to have that kind of, um, reflex mm-hmm. in our faith like it's okay to do that but i think when you realize that you haven't really been thinking about it for very long it it's kind of lost its effect yes um i want to be careful with that like that's on us that's not on god that doesn't mean god's word became less effective it no. just means that we got so used to that that path yes. back and forth it's like you know, walking the same path on your carpet every day for 12 years, you're going to see it like a cow trail in a pasture. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and eventually you need to change something up. So this morning was the day where I pulled that daily Bible out and I'm like, I just, I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the first of the year today. So I'm not being like, I'm not following the rules for how right. you should do that, but I don't care. I just needed a tool to switch things up enough for me that yeah. It, it's just going to make me think about it. Yeah. I do that. I I do that every year where I will completely change up how I do it because that I know that about me is that I will always try to find the easiest path. That's kind of, that's the joy of being a little bit lazy is like you, uh, <laughs> there's negatives, but there's also positives. I think it was Bill Gates who said like, I love hiring lazy people cause they will always find the best, most effective way to do every task. Like he was like, I, I enjoy it cause they will find like, what is the, what is the most effective way to do this? And how do I not put in a bunch of work that's not necessary. And so he's like, I always just, if there's a task that I feel like should be done a little bit better, I hire a lazy person for it because they'll figure it out. Um, And I don't know if it's laziness as much as I just really am conscious of my energy and where it goes. Um, So I know that about myself is that if I allow myself to, I'll just read the Bible exactly the same way. I'll get the same thing out of it and I'll just get to where, like you said, it's just like, I don't, I'm not even thinking about it. So like this year I'm listening to it with a translation that's new because I'm like, oh, I never heard it that way before. And it makes me actually think, and it's just different. I've had other years where I am much more studying and I'll do like true, like King James and just force like that, that's student part of my brain to dig into it. And there's other years where I just let myself be really, really curious about it. That's one of my favorites is when I just, 
instead of being like, I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year, it's like this year I'm going to have a couple core books and I'm going to allow my, my mind to just be curious. If I read something and I'm like, that's, I wonder why they use that word. Let me look up the original Greek. Where else was that used? That's, and just let myself kind of be curious about things. Um, and, and so it's just different. And I have found for me that just unlocks so much in my spiritual life because then I'm invested and I'm actually like getting my whole brain and spirit involved rather than checking something off a list. Because even what you said, it's like against the rules. And it's like, I, f- yeah. I feel like I, we all need to fight against that. Because if we do it as just a chore, it's like, there's still going to be some fruit in it just because we're being obedient. But it's not going to be nearly as effective as if we do it with, with an open heart desiring to get something out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I know a few years ago, I I don't even remember exactly who said it, but someone was talking about reading the Bible. It was a pastor. And he basically was like, you know, and one thing you've been acknowledging is the Bible can seem super stuffy to people who just haven't been taught how to read it or even how it's laid out or how it works. Yeah. Um, We know that the word is alive Mm -hmm. and that the word is life giving. I mean, it says right in the word that it's, it's like bread that nourishes us and we should go to that daily bread every day. Um, but you can't expect people to do that if they haven't been awakened to right. what is really there absolutely, and, and how to really digest it and pick it apart and stuff like that. And so what this pastor said is when you sit down in the morning or whenever it is, it doesn't have to be the morning. I just, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So but when you sit down and you open up the word, you should start out by just saying, God, just illuminate this to yeah. me. Show Absolutely. me something here. Let the, let these words somehow jump off the page to me or something. One thing in this that I read, one word to stand out and just show me what it means for me. Show me, you know, what what you're trying to get to me through this. And I've had, I've tried. I, there's days where I'm just trudging through it. I'll admit that. Yeah. But I've really tried to be intentional about like just opening it with that heart. And that's why I I think nothing can replace opening a physical Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love having the availability of the word on my phone because there's, there have been times in my life where I'm out somewhere and it's like, I feel like, like this is tough or like, I feel like absolute garbage right now, but not, not like physical sickness, but like, I feel like the deck is stacked against me right now or nothing's going right. And there's times where I've appreciated being able to open my phone and just whatever that word is for the day and just leaning on that. And so that is an incredible resource for us. But I still think that there's something that we get about opening the word physically and having those pages in our hands. Yeah. And so like in the morning, I just... I have had so many times where I've gotten so much out of just opening up and being like, God, show me what you have for me here yeah, today. Absolutely. Well, and they say, I mean, I know with like, you know, 
like like a Dave Ramsey thing. That was his big thing with cash is that when you can physically like feel something, yeah. there's just an emotion to it. And, uh, you know, there, there are some people who feel like that's why we've done such a strong move to like digital currency is it doesn't doesn't hurt as much to spend digitally you don't feel that same connection of something leaving your hands and i think i'm the same way i do a lot of my bible reading on my phone but there is something different when you flip through the pages on it because i think it just we we are people who have senses and touch is one of them and it's like there is that feel of the page that that matters when you turn it and so i think it's it but it's also interesting because i wonder if this next generation that's coming up they they may not have that same connection to the page that we have i that's an interesting topic that i've really been um it's piqued my interest lately and not just about that there are a lot of things i've been noticing so like if you if you picture a pendulum that's swinging Mm mm-hmm you could use that analogy for society right now or for culture. It's swinging very far in one direction. And I'm sure other generations have said this as yes. well. Uh, but there's no doubt that right now the pendulum is really swinging far in one direction. But the thing about pendulums is the further they swing in one direction, the further they swing back eventually. Yes. And eventually there is going to be a swing back with some things. And there's just a couple things that I've noticed in society right now. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it applies. And and I was actually uh, texting another friend about this this morning. Like there's, there's um, moral things in society that are very concerning yes. and appalling. But I think the one thing that gives me solace is that eventually that pendulum's gotta is it pendulum or pendulum i think it is pendulum but it's spelt with a n d yes (laughs) yes but don't my grammar is not not i'm gonna say pendulum but i understand most people say pendulum yeah just mumble it that's what i do when i'm not sure just kind of pen but (laughs) and then no one can call you out i I mean i i read an article last week that was by one of the local news outlets, I think it was WAOW or something that said someone started, uh, and I don't want anyone to like run with this. I'm, I'm not implying anything, but someone on social media started an alcohol free marathon County page. Like okay. it was a resource for people who are choosing to live the alcohol free lifestyle. Yep. The only reason I bring that up as an example, I'm not suggesting anything about anything to anyone, but sure. the reason I bring it up is because of how countercultural that is in Wisconsin. Yes. Yep. They said that that page is, has like exploded. Yep. So there's like interest there. There's people, yes. even though it seems very countercultural and it, and it seems like if you choose that lifestyle, you're kind of off in a corner somewhere, but that seems to suggest that's not true. Yeah. And and I've even seen like other people who are not part of the church with other moral issues, like even pornography is one. Like you hear people outside of the church talking about it now. Like, man, we gotta like do something about this because this is like 
shipwrecking people. Oh, it's the, the science behind it. They've done studies on what it does to relationships, what it does to people's brains, how it, it literally changes how you even view other human beings yeah. at their core level. And I think I, I'm with you. My, my theory is that each generation really corrects the generation before them. They, they, they naturally do that. So if you, if you want to know what's wrong with our generation, ask, you know, the, the kids that are like 13 right now, because they grew up underneath it and you always see the problem in whatever system has authority over you. Like that's just a natural human thing. Before I was a lead pastor, I had all the answers. I knew what the churches did wrong. Every church I worked at, I was like, these guys are idiots. I know how to do this because you always, we see the cracks in whatever yeah. has authority over you. And so it's almost, I think that's been since the beginning of, of time that we've always been like the generation below because that other generation has authority over them, see all the issues and they try to correct that. Most of the time they way overcorrect it. And that's kind of your, yeah. your pendulum. And so it's, we almost have this thing and I, and I, I almost want to, assume that God created it that way as this self-correcting. Yeah. It's actually kind of beautiful how it works where it's, you know, and I would agree where some generations swing way too far. Other yeah. ones do a better job of kind of self-correcting, but it's like, it, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, somebody said, it's like, if, if your dad grew up and he ate, uh, mayonnaise and ham sandwiches you're gonna want to eat bologna and miracle whip sandwiches it's just this natural thing to like try to reject what you saw as not the way it should be and so i think some of it is healthy but some of it is not because it yeah. just depends how far it swings but i do think there is beauty in that of even god setting it up so that each generation sees the faults and tries to correct them. But again, I think there are times where it's way too yeah. much. Yeah. And I think, I guess my point in going on that long winded tangent is that I think there's certain things like, you know, how we, you know, how we use the Bible or the text, like yeah. the physical text. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to completely go away with future generations. Um, which it's not so. a big deal. The word is the word, whether it's right. But I do think what is a big deal is what what is the means for which that that helps us connect with it the best. Yes. Well, and I think it on a bigger point. I think it just shows that like there is always going to be a desire for something that has been discarded but has value left to it. If that makes sense yeah. is, is if something's been discarded and it was just a fad, then like, if you try to bring it back, no one's going to care. But those things that have been discarded, but it's like, no, there was value to this. We're seeing it all over the place, whether it's little Etsy shops or all of that, like the people who are recreating some of the core things that we as a society said, we don't need this anymore. There's still value in that. It's and an, people it's a will really see good it. point. And, it's like yeah. stuff that matters. Yes. People know it matters, even if it takes them a while to like, 
come back to it. Yes. And that's where even if they're saying right now, like if you want to like start a, a little home business or whatever, go after like some artismal thing that society has said, we don't need that anymore. And just watch what happens. People tend to invest in it because they do see the value in it. So whether, yeah. whatever, whatever that might be. And I even think of like, you know, because my, my whole life is, is church and ministry type stuff is, you know, we tend to see church value in like the, the big impressive things. And we've kind of said to the small church, like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. You let's, let's just move away. But then we're seeing that if you start a church, like, like Francis Chan started like these network of home churches Mm -hmm. that like literally was everything that, you know, the, the mainstream church said we don't need anymore. Yeah. And the problem with it is it grew too fast. Like that was the, the biggest problem is that it exploded and it just goes back to that same thing of like, just cause something's been discarded doesn't mean it's done. If there is real value, people will find it. And I think that that's just encouraging on so many levels. Cause I think we tend to think we're, we're at the mercy of society. And if society discards something, then it's lost, but we're seeing that that's just not the case. Well, that's, I mean, I've been really reflecting the last couple of weeks on like, what are some things that just get in the way of what matters in my life? And, and I've been reflecting on like social media has been a part of my life now for over a decade, but I think I'm like, I think it's like running its course. Like I care about it so little now. I care about it less now than I ever have to the point that like, I don't even care if I go an entire week without opening it up. Like it doesn't bother me. Yep. And I kind of think I'm not, I'm not like making this public declaration, but I'm kind of done with it right? because it honestly like doesn't matter. Yes. And you know, we're going all over here, but like podcast are something that came up quite a while ago. Yeah. And then they fizzled out for a while. Yeah. And now podcasts are like alive and better than ever because I think people realize that there's actually substance there that is yes. missing yes. in some of these other things that people spend their time with. I think the, the, the biggest thing is just that people know what is valuable. And there's always going to be society that's trying to tell everybody what is important and what is necessary. And it affects people. Don't get me wrong. It affects people. But at at their core, people know when something's important and they can sense it and they can feel it. And there's going to be that pull to something that has real value for them. There's like something endearing about those things. Like yes. they've been sitting there all along, not getting any attention. They were, you know, left, kicked on the side of the road. And then all of a sudden... After, you know, we've spent so much time with this shiny thing, we're like, this thing's actually not doing me any favors. And then you look to that thing that's been kicked off to the side for a while, and it's yeah. like, that thing actually did a lot more for me than... And, and that's where I think, to bring this full circle, that's the Bible. Yes. Man, look at... The Bible has been that thing for centuries. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. And when I, the visual that I always get is like, if, you know, someone 
who is just dehydrated and feels awful because that's a that feeling of being dehydrated is the word just your head is pounding and you feel and and society just keeps giving you like soda like here you go and it's like I'm, I keep drinking it and I feel worse and I can't and then you finally get like a drink of ice cold water and all of a sudden you're like what was that <laughs> and it's like I feel like it's it's that where we, we can be fooled for a while but eventually like if, if there are people still kind of banging that drum on like, no, like this water is what we actually need, people will eventually get a taste and they will eventually, like you can only fool people for so long. Mm-hmm. And once they get that taste of water, even if society keeps up, no, soda is what you need. And they're going to go, no, I drank soda for years and I felt like I know that this is actually what I need. And I think it's just a good reminder for all of us to keep banging that drum on what's important and trust that eventually people will find it and they will they'll they'll catch on and i think maybe that's one like encouraging thing that we can talk about as we move toward the end here is that one thing that i've seen in my life and the lives of people around me listen to people's testimonies like one way that god's grace is manifested in people's lives is people get sick of stuff. Yeah. Um, people get sick of doing the things that are bad for them yeah. or they get sick of making choices that are harmful to them right. eventually. Yeah. And that part of human nature has led a lot of people back to the thing that they actually need. Yeah. Well, often. I- I think, and the biggest takeaway for that, and that's why I am such a stickler for like everything about church needs to be unapologetically pointing people to Jesus because I think we we lost our way a little bit and that not every church, but if you're saying in general in the Church of America where we, we wanted to become the shiny object. But the problem is like what happens when people finally see that the shiny object's don't deliver and they now associate God with just another shiny object where I would much rather have someone come to church. And if they're, if they don't want Jesus, uh Oh, there's my wrap up music right there. But if they don't want Jesus, I want them to walk away and go, well, that's not what I want right now. I don't want to try to fool them to be like, I'm looking for shiny things. I don't want Jesus. So this is shiny enough for me to hang around. Cause I do believe Everybody does hit that point where I, you know, whatever it is, maybe they went through a tough breakup or their life is just falling apart and they look in the mirror and they're like, shiny things don't cut it. I, I want them to know that Jesus is different, that, that he is not just another shiny thing. And that's where I think I, I am such a stickler for like, I would rather have someone come to church and be like, oh, that's it. They're just going to point me to Jesus. That's not what I want. Because then when they hit that point in their life, they're like, well, I've tried all the shiny things, and I remember that Jesus was was different. He wasn't just that. And I think that's where when people hit that that point in their life, they need to know that Jesus is different. That doesn't mean that we have to be bland and terrible. It just, for me, means that everything we do has to unapologetically point to Jesus. Because if people start associating Jesus with just another shiny thing, I think I have failed. I, I really do. Well... And I kind of, I want to say something that 
can hopefully encourage some people. And I'm saying this to myself Mm -hmm. as well, but like we all, it can be really hard. Like when we get to a point uh, with something in our life where we're just sick of it, like, and, and it could be an addiction or it could just be like a bad choice. It could be bad eating habits. It could be, uh, just something, it could be a short temper. Um, and I'll even say for myself, like my tendency is when I get frustrated with things, I press on my family. I, I hold them to high expectations. I don't know why I do that. I hate that about me. I get sick of it. I, you know, I, I press them to the point that they feel bad and that's terrible. Um, and so I'm being vulnerable with everyone, but we all have things that we get sick of that can be really hard, especially for people who don't have faith in God and who don't know God, like that can feel very, it can lead them to a place of despair. Like I'm sick of myself. Yeah. I hate this about me mm-hmm. and it can feel very hopeless, yeah. but I want to encourage people today to look at that, look at the other side of that. That is a gift from God to get sick of that thing, to get to the point of like, I'm done with this. I'm moving on from this. And if that is you, I encourage you to look at it from that perspective today. And I also encourage you to open the word, go to Galatians 2.20, which is a verse that I've leaned on for a lot of years which says basically you're a new creation. Yeah. When when Jesus was nailed on the cross and died for us, the old version of you, whoever you are, the old Jason, the old Eric was hung on that cross yeah. and we're a new creation. Yeah. And so I just, you know, anyone this morning who is just down in the dumps about a certain, you know, way that they've been living their life or a certain thing they've been struggling with. Um, you know, there's consequences to those things, but I just encourage you to, to view that as, um, you know, something that is a gift that God gave us to push us to move on from that. You're right. Conviction is a beautiful thing. Like it is, it's, it's amazing. And that's where I just want to, even just support what you're saying is like if you're listening and you are you are sick just make sure not sick physically but sick of what you're doing just make sure it's conviction and not condemnation and the difference is conviction pushes you towards god it makes you go i i gotta i gotta get closer to jesus i need to press into him condemnation says i gotta go hide from him and that's what the enemy is always going to try to condemn and the spirit convicts and it's like condemnation will absolutely lock you up for the rest of your life in bondage that will feel suffocating and conviction will free you in ways you didn't know was possible and i think it's just understanding the difference between the two um is huge and and how i had it explained to me and i love it, it's my favorite is that condemnation is i wreck the car my dad is going to kill me conviction is I wreck the car. I need my dad. That's the difference. And that's, that's the beauty of being a a Christian is we're still going to have those things that we're sick of in ourselves, things that we hate. Um, 
but we can truly go like, but I need my dad and, and just run to him. And to me, that is one of the most beautiful things about a, a relationship with Jesus right. in, in that right way. And so that's it. I know this was a little weird. We didn't really talk about Sunday sermon, but I think this is what we were supposed to talk about today. Well, and not only that. that, but I mean, you've, what you've been walking us through on Sundays is just getting people back to the Bible, yeah. to the yep. word. Yeah. And we did talk about that today. Yes. And and I think really the heart of what we talked about was what matters. Yes. Getting back to the basics. And yeah. it says in the beginning was the word. Yes. The word is our foundation. Yep. Well, and I'll even say it actually does connect. We we talked about the law, like the the Pentateuch. Yeah. And and one of my main points was just understanding that what Jesus did is he raised the bar for the law like the letter of the law is no longer it's like harder i'm gonna make this harder for you but then he promised to empower us to do it and that's what we're talking about is actually turning to jesus for the that what we need to -hmm. change and letting him change us and and not trying to do it on our own because if we do we're going to be so discouraged and so frustrated um but truly looking to him like you said out of galatians to make you a new creature to to empower you to to breathe his his spirit into you i think i think sometimes we miss that part of following the rules and being good enough and and that just leaves us to this place of shame and guilt where we just want to hide, which is exactly where the enemy wants us. Right. I was going to say, I really liked your analogy of the car, yeah. but I was going to say the what I pictured in my mind is condemnation looks at you and your circumstance and says, look at you, you're worthless. Yes. And conviction looks at you and your circumstance and says, no, no, you are worth so much more than this. Yes, absolutely. That's, and that's what it is. And that's we go back. I mean, that was the initial sin, you know, with Adam and Eve, their response was to hide. And I feel like we're still hiding. Like yeah. that's, that's been, that's been, I, I believe the heart of, of God and sending his son is like, stop hiding but we just it's so natural to us that's such a natural reaction is to hide from the one person that can make it right and it's like i think that's why being a christian takes such courage as you have to stop hiding for it to work um but that's where it's understanding who jesus is his love for you what his heart is that's why i think reading the bible is so powerful is you get to see the heart of god and you get to know him in a way where you don't want to hide anymore because you see his character and you see who he is and and that is one of those things where every time i talk to somebody who's had major breakthroughs in their life when you get down to the core of it there was some way or some area that they stopped hiding from God. Right. And that's where it all happened. And um, and so that's where I just, I think it really does line up with everything we've been talking about is you're going to keep hiding until you know who God is in a really personal way. Until he, you know, you can see his heart and his character in a way that you can trust him with. You know, you said you're being vulnerable. There's nothing more vulnerable than showing up in front of a holy, perfect God as a flawed, nasty yeah. person and just standing there 
and allowing him to see you and shine a light on everything. That is the most courageous thing you can do yeah. as a Christian. Also but that's the most freeing thing you can do. It's amazing. When you do it, it is. Because then now there's nothing to hide anymore. There's right. nothing. It's kind of like when you've been holding on to that secret and you're like, it just is weighing on you, but you're like, I can't tell, I can't, whatever. And finally it just comes out in the open and it's like the freedom of like, okay, I don't have to hide this anymore. It's like that times a million. And so I just, I feel like there's going to be someone who listens to this that needs to hear what we just talked about. It might just be one person, but I really do feel like that's what needed to be talked about today. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry I blamed you at the beginning for the two-week hiatus. Oh, but. I don't care. I think it was my fault. I mean, because I just have... talked about how it's not all about blame and, and oh, shame. Well, <laughs> but that's I do have a little go-kart car that would have never gotten here. It's got winter tires, but it's only like a foot off the ground. And then I had I had a district, so I was out of town. So it is my fault. You right. didn't blame me. So you're me. fully embracing it. Then. Yes, okay. I was. I, I, right. But yeah. now it's all in the open. Exactly. I don't have to feel any guilt or shame about <laughs> it. I don't have to hide about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's. I missed it though. I'll say that. Yeah. I've really looked forward. Well, to and this. I do appreciate the people who actually reached out and they're and said like, "Where's the podcast yeah. this week?" Like that is super encouraging. That. Some people are finding value in this. Absolutely. So I agree. Thank you guys for, for listening. And yeah. hopefully hopefully God is speaking to you through this. Yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you that you give us the opportunity to do this. We thank you for grace that uh, has been extended to us for missing a couple of weeks. But um, all um, humor aside, we do thank you for your abundant grace that allows us to move on from our mistakes and to move on from our uh, poor decisions and not live in shame. And so we just lift up any people to you who were moved in any way by this message today, um, that they will be encouraged um, to just come to you and and to come back to what matters. Um, spent a lot of time talking about how many things have been heaped onto us that just in the end don't matter. Help us to, to find ways to just shed those things and to just live free of them and to just come back to what matters. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.